Well, good afternoon, wrestling fans, and welcome to Haggard Seth and Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly. Not hosted by Double Eagle, hosted by Dane Filling's uh, hotel room downtown Indianapolis. Uh, kind of an odd, not a Monday night, but it's a Friday afternoon. We've completed half of the weight classes in the 2021 IHS AA State Wrestling Finals. And uh, Dane's kind of out of sorts here. He doesn't know. He's usually so prepared. He has it all lined up. It's just a free-for-all today. We've got a, a list of people of have... Uh, Tex Dane want to be on our show and uh, starting off the big gorilla himself, uh, Joe Caprino from IndianaMatt.com is our, our first guest. And uh, Dane, uh, here we are in Indianapolis. Yeah, Joe didn't have anybody in the first session, so he got to sleep in and uh, drive down on I-69 today. But welcome to the show, Joe. Well, thanks. I had to you know, get my... Uh Another show in to overtake Mike here. <laughs> That's right. You want to keep up there at the top. Now, Jesse Gaskell, I think, is the, is the league leader. He and Eric Myers. So I think all four of you may be, may be tied. So we may have to have some sort of runoff competition on Monday to see who calls in and finishes season two with the most, uh, <laughs> the most appearances. But uh, Might have to have a wrestle off. We're halfway through the first uh, round in Chesterton, Crown Point, and Modern Day are all tied with 18 points. Of course, the most points you can score is five, correct, in this first round. So that means that all three of them would have to have four winners already if they have 18. So very impressive start for them. Cathedral right behind them with 13, and Brownsburg with 10.5. Daleville in 12th, Rex. Daleville. Julius uh, Garinser with a, a great performance and a fall to get his five points, and obviously Ike Rubel had a win earlier today with a tech fall. That puts Belmont at four and a half points. Another one of our uh, multi, multi-time multi guests, uh, Toby, uh, Tony Abbott, we saw him in the lobby there and congratulated him on his son's uh, victory. Not only is the first uh, state qualifier in uh, the school's history, but he's also the first state place winner. And Tony was going to be on our show, but he said that he forgot something that Toby needs for tomorrow. He was driving back home and then was going to be back for the second session. So he's probably, he may be listening to us right now for all we know. So, Joe, Joe we'd ask you what you thought of the first session, but uh, since you haven't seen the first session, you're just kind of going off of hearsay, aren't you? Well, I watched on uh, track wrestling on the way down. I uh, had my computer up watching the, the, uh, the quad view and stuff and keeping an eye on my picks and all that stuff. So. so if you're not supposed to text and drive, is it okay to watch track wrestling and drive? Well, I wasn't driving. Okay, I was, I was on the bus. And I was just, you're good. I, I, I'm not going to drive. I'm going to sit there and relax and <laughs> watch wrestling. Now, I can verify that Indiana Matt's picks were better than Hoosier Matt's picks <laughs> in the first round. That's I believe that uh, Mr. Mike Reiser, who's going to join us <laughs> shortly, was 53-3, uh, and three, I believe. For his picks in the first round. Now, that may seem impressive, but our very own Adams County's very own Caleb Sprunger was also 53-3. and three. Hoosier Matt, meanwhile, a measly 51-5. and five Oh, jeez. In, in, in that first round. But really, you know, there weren't a whole lot of upsets. Uh, I think the only semi-state champ who lost off the top of my head was the one who got beat by, by Cotty, uh, one that we kind of yeah. expected. So no real upsets. Kind of makes for a little bit of a of a of a a boring first round, but at the same time, that just adds to the excitement for tomorrow when uh, there's the best wrestlers in the state going for those those top places. Now there was a couple of matches that were really closely contested, you know, due to just poor draws and guys getting upset in their semi states. But uh, a lot of great wrestling this morning. Um, pretty pretty much falls to uh, norm, but uh, we'll see what happens this afternoon session. And we were walking out with the. Uh, 
uh, Commissioner Falcons, and he said, you know, we kind of like this little break here. He said, maybe we think about doing that in the future. So I don't know if they're leaning towards that or not, but uh, uh, someday I'd like to put uh, 15,000 people back into uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse and let everybody enjoy the first round, uh, 106 to heavyweight. Yeah. It would certainly be interesting to make an argument for wrestlebacks for first-round losers. Uh, with what we've had today, the way it went off without a hitch, you could wrestle all day long, and you could still give people an opportunity to come back from that from that bad draw. Yeah, that definitely. That'd be that'd be nice. Or I, I know some of the, uh, the coach association was asking about uh, having uh, fifth or sixth place finishers at semi-state qualify, so you could have that round too. Yeah. yeah, that that would that would certainly be interesting. Um, you know, we've been stuck in the, in this sixteen qualifiers for I don't know how many years we've had sixteen. Uh, uh, it's been a long time. There hasn't really been much of a format change. The only real format change that I can think of that we've had is the addition of the the consolation semifinals that have allowed uh, Saturday morning losers to wrestle back to fifth place instead of seeing how your guy that beat you did to to move on but we still don't have a true wrestle back to third place um but it you know that that one's not as much as important for some people as the ability to still come back and in place yeah i think 92 was when they went to eight placers and i want to say mid to late 80s they had i think they had like 12 qualifiers and six placers i know it was only a couple years where they had 16 qualifiers and uh six placers so, Joe, since we have you on the show, why don't you give us a little preview for the Carroll boys and who they have in the second session? Uh, we got Evan Ulrich at 152 pounds. He has um, Ben Phillips from Chester, uh, Charlestown, down south, way down south. So that should be a good matchup. Both have one loss. Both took their first loss last week. So kind of should, should be a good matchup there. I mean, they're both kind of similar styles. So hopefully we can get to our takedowns um, and get to our attacks and come out with a win i know evan was here last year kind of wants to end with a end with a medal so hopefully we can finish there um matt leper he, he has um uh wyatt wilman from north posey uh took his first loss last week pretty big and strong kid obviously 195 pounds you're not gonna get anyone that's very weak but uh matt's wrestling real well um having a good week of practice uh should be should be ready should be another real good match i mean matt just like Evan Matt was here last year, lost on Friday night, kind of wanted to come back with a medal. And then Reeve Muncie has Amara Kaba from Pike first round. Um, obviously, Muncie coming in as a uh, as a one seed helps out tremendously, but can't overlook any guys like him. He's big and strong, kind of real athletic, so we should be uh, should be an interesting match. Reeve's you know focused in. He's he's ready. Had a good week of practice, and I think we're. Uh, you know, we're here. We're we're excited to be able to wrestle. And didn't know we'd if we'd have that opportunity. Now, Joe, I I made a mention to uh, these two gentlemen uh, last week of Semi State. I believe that that could be one of the the toughest heavyweight classes we've seen come through Fort Wayne in a long time, and could be one of the toughest Semi States in the state as far as uh, heavyweights is concerned. Because there are a lot of high ranked kids in that Semi State. Yep, that herb is tough as nails. I mean, we he Reeves uh, now three and one against him. Wrestled him twice last year. He's tough, and he got. I mean, last year he was about 240 245 and he gained about 30 40 pounds and moves just as well so both him and herb move really well for heavyweights they're going to be the heavyweight class overall is going to be kind of interesting you got the connersville kid uh schaefer that's uh, a lot of people are pretty impressed with you got leighton jones who's nationally 
ranked in football and in wrestling, real good wrestler. Um, and then you got the uh, Omodare from from West Lafayette. That's pretty big and strong. So it's going to be fun fun weekend up at heavyweight. I would if you're if you're in the stands, don't leave before heavyweight's over because it's going to be some good wrestling. Now, one of the things that we always look for defending the honor of the Fort Wayne semi state, of course. Uh, seven weight classes in. We've got 12 state placers from the Fort Wayne semi-state, so only two behind. Maybe we can make up those last two spots in the uh, heavyweight spot. Yep, I'd, I'd like to see that. That would be nice to see Fort Wayne get as awfully close to that 28 mark as they as they can. Yeah, should be some good wrestling. You know, it's kind of interesting having this little break and not knowing what to do with, with the rest of the day, but, uh, we you know, come back and have some good wrestling going on and get a, go have some lunch and do some good stuff, you know, go watch wrestling. So uh, tell us a little bit about looking forward next year, IHPO. This year you had it at the uh, at the Golf Dome at the at the Plex South. What are the what are the plans for that tournament in October next year? Us, uh, we'll be in September. It's the first weekend after um, Labor Day. As of now, we're going to try to bring it back to uh, Carroll, but obviously things right now aren't are always, always kind of shaky so we're gonna if not we'll probably look back to having it at the, at the dome again that was a nice host they did a good job and then last year we had the three sessions which went ran really 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 well guys were in and out in there about three three four hours um everyone loved it they didn't think we'd be able to we'd be on time and we were there's some immense calculations on how many kids can wrestle in, in, a, in that set amount of time and they everyone enjoyed you know having the three sessions and you know you know you're gonna be there for four hours and you know what? You don't have anything else to do, so go and wrestle. I only made it to the one session this year to 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 see uh, Calvin Ferrot wrestle, but I saw uh, Ashton Hayhurst, I saw Julius Garinser, uh, Jesse Mendez, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it, it it ran well. The parking was a little bit of an issue out there at the Plex, but uh, that's hopefully something that if you uh, have it at Carroll again, you know, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, Carroll, we're doing some. They have some construction. Uh, New new football stadium. I think it's going to be ready this year, and then they're clearing out where the old football stadium was into a parking lot. So it's going to be a little bit closer parking to the main gym. Lots of changes. Every time I go to Carroll, I try to remember where to park, and I can't remember where it is. Well, it's such a complex. I mean, you almost have to stay in your car and just keep driving around until you find the right door because you don't want to get out of your car and start to walk and find the wrong door because you walk for quite a while. Now, the last question before we let we let you go: Belmont didn't get a Russell Carroll this year. How hurt were your feelings when they called and said, "Hey, you're out"? Yeah, I, this year this whole schedule thing was uh, just disaster. I mean, we were changing our schedule constantly, and it wasn't a surprise at, at all. I mean, we just knew that we had to, you know, change our schedule and look for another thing. I think we ended up two points short. We, we got as many matches as we could in, and you know, hopefully, our, we didn't get any tournaments in, which kind of hurt some of our kids you know getting that tournament atmosphere and stuff but i think we're, we're we peaked at the right time and we're wrestling real well so we got three kids this state so it's um we're, we're here so i'm excited i think from a belmont perspective when they got finally back and rolling after team state coach gunsett decided that the, their strategy was going to be let's get the conference duels in everything after that is just not going to be worth it uh, because it was going to be too many weigh-ins in too short of a time. So hopefully we can uh, rekindle that rivalry. I guess this year we we still kind of have bragging rights after the win l- last season that we had over you, and then we didn't get to wrestle you. So I guess Belmont's still got it over mm. Carroll a little well, bit this year. We were ahead at, 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 uh, at semi-state. That's so. true. That's so true. We, the last time we were <laughs> in the, on the same tournament, 
Carroll was just ahead of Belmont. We'll, we'll, see, how, we'll see how today, uh, the next two days go. Well, if we have to, we can have you and Coach Calver wrestle it out right now in the uh, in the in the side room. Oh, he's <laughs> no, he's tapping you no, in, Rex. I got five bucks. For watch AJ wrestling. <laughs> I got that. I got five bucks in my pocket. Well, Joe, thanks for being our first guest to start off our uh, our mid tournament. F- uh, Festival, festival, or I guess I don't know what you call it. Festival, I like that. Extravaganza, <laughs> it's the extravaganza. And we're, with that, I'm going to take a couple of commercial breaks here, and we'll be back with uh, more wrestling talk right after this. Get in, get out, get better, get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers Stat Care. Staffed with people you know and trust, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. Enjoy neighborhood living in peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Welcome back to the Haggard Zephyr Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly. Rex, we're along with Dane Filling in the uh, our mid-session extravaganza here at the state finals uh, today for 2021. And uh, now we're joined by the rankings guru who has uh, made his uh, way down from the uh, northern northwest corner of the uh, state uh, and so Mike Reiser has uh, joined us now as uh, we just need to do a little wrestling talk here. And uh, Mike, uh, Dane has uh, threw out your number that you had, that you had made for the uh, first round here. And what was that number again? Yeah, I missed four. I think you said three, but I only missed, I missed four in the first round. Uh, and the Pickums rankings held up pretty well. It looked like uh, a couple matchups. I mean, there was only one bracket where there was uh, two non-ranked wrestlers competing, and that'll be tonight. So. Uh, so far, so good. You want to see, you know, the guys that are being recognized for what they did in the seasons, kind of pushing through. Now I can attest, Rex. We had a nice meal together here about an hour ago. It might can't go anywhere where there's a wrestling tournament without people coming up to him and being real nice to him. Everybody wants to be on Mike's good side when it comes to the rankings, whether it's mom or dad or uncle or it doesn't matter. Well, when you rank them, you still got to wrestle, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you hope that they don't have to, but. No, um, you know, we do, we do the Gorilla Radio shows, and those have really helped, uh, you know, people recognize. And the, people, you know, same thing you guys are doing. Like, people just like to have the recognition. And, and, you know, when you get behind the camera, you put your face out there, but you get people that, you know, you don't know, and they're like, hey, man, love what you said on the show. And you're like, what did I say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually remember what well, I said. just check back your script that you and Joe have each week, and then you double-check your script to see what you said. I know. I always feel bad because I think Joe, uh, you know, Dane sets the standard. He does these, like, you know, lined-up uh, schedules, and I think Joe tries to do that, and I have, like, uh, the worst ADD. So with the um, the rolling comments, I'm answering questions. I'm, you know, trying to find places to eat and, you know, trying to do my thing. The comments are my favorite part because a lot of times I don't jump in for the whole show, but I'll I'll add something. But it definitely would be something that would throw us off. Yeah, being in there having to 
immediately respond to things, and we're, we're used to having you know just one extra wild card in an interview. Although our our show has become the call in special, we were like four call ins last week, weren't we? Yeah, well, with COVID, it was really hard to have in show guests. Oh, yeah. So we're kind of hoping for next season when things are hopefully more back to normal, we have a little bit more of a studio audience. Well, I'm glad that we were in the in the studio area because we end up getting free meals out of the deal. So that is nice. And while we're not at the Double Eagle for the six ninety nine meal special. We know that, uh, Mike will tell you this, they were playing not only track wrestling on the TVs at the Double Eagle, nice. but they had our broadcast on WZBD on too. So a place for those who couldn't make it to Indianapolis to come and, and watch the matches. And tomorrow I know a bunch of people who are planning on just being there throughout the day watching each one of, of Ike's matches and, and hopefully Duke's matches also as, as they progress through the tournament. Yeah, that was like one of the. I'm over here uh, at a different hotel than you guys are in Crown, in Crown Point in the hotel. They had a lobby area or like a conference area, and they had the track wrestling up for all the parents that couldn't get in. So they all made the trip down and to support, and they're all watching it live, which is really cool. You know, yeah. Different, different atmosphere, but still, you know, it feels like the state finals. You know, you know you're here, and, you know, it's good to see these guys go out and compete. And I, we heard from, from Mr. Falcons that the, the number is 2,000, right? I mean, that was the. Outside of the people who were on the floor, total tickets sold was just 2,000. Yeah, workers and wrestlers, uh, not counting, 2,000 is what they had in there. And I guess my only criticism of what I saw in that first session was there were a few sections that were curtained off that had no fans at all. And it just kind of seems like those curtains should have been raised and every seat that could have been socially distanced filled could have been filled but you know it is what it is and uh, i'm sure the ihsaa appreciates the ability to be able to sell 2,000 tickets for each of these sessions um through Ticketmaster, it takes a lot of the takes a lot of the waiting out which uh, used to be the the fun but yeah. anymore uh matt monroe's here in the in the room with us he said that there was still a, a a line of people waiting to get in for the for the tickets that they already had assigned to them so yeah I mean, it just becomes part of the atmosphere. That's how you meet people, right? Um, but, you know, I heard them telling they had to leave and things like that. I'm sure it's a huge undertaking. I'm, I'm excited that they're able to do it, though. You, you think about, like, other states that are surrounding us and uh, just kind of what we've been through the last year. And the IHSA has really done a great job of, you know, pushing forward. You know, we don't always agree on all the rules or what, what they're going to put forward. But, you know, we're on the same page, and it's been great. I'm excited. So looking at this team race with Chesterton, Crown Point, Modern Day, Cathedral, Brownsburg, and uh, you know Perry has just seven points with their two winners. But w- what matches are you looking at tonight that could really determine the the team race going forward tomorrow? Uh, you know, the more you can advance those guys, you know, I think Crown Point's in good a good spot with those two guys with um, you know Cruz and Estrada, Chesterton, uh, Demarco's going to have a tough one. I think it's a, that's a hard one at ninety five. But you know you. Would, assume Bates and those guys are going to, you know, Ellis have pushed through. Um, Saturday morning, we, you know, we did a couple interviews with some of the Chesterton guys. Uh, you're going to have uh, off, you know, off top, you're going to have Sergio Lemley, Cole Ross, and then you're going to have Aiden Torres, you know, Alec Freeman. Modern day and Chesterton, you know, they brought a lot of guys and they're, they're in the contention for state title. Saturday morning is where you, you kind of, you know, you kind of make your bread. I actually, when I did the, um, my picks across the board, I came out with Cathedral as the winner. Really, for a fourth consecutive year, that I would be uh, quite a statement by the by the Irish. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these matchups later tonight, and uh, there are a couple of matchups between Perry Meridian uh, and some of their competitors. So those will be interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I think Perry. Um, 
I think they thought they had that one at 45. I, you know, talking to some of those guys, I thought that was a big one. They thought they could sneak that guy through and maybe get him to the semifinals. And that's what, you know, that's what this tournament's won. It's, you know, it's, it's good to get guys through. Everyone has to do it individually, but the tournament's won with those quarterfinal, you know, getting guys in the semis. Correct, because the guy who squeaks out an amazing win, an upset win, and scores three points on Friday, then finishes eighth, you know, that's, that's all he scores the whole tournament. And in the end, most of the time, the tournament doesn't come down to a two- or three-point margin. Right. It's a 10, 12, 15-point margin because guy loses on Friday night or he finishes fourth, kind of kind of back and forth between the two teams. So definitely a, a fun team race, and I know they don't put the team scores up on the board because it's so early and mm-hmm. it's not worth it. But tomorrow morning, all eyes are going to be on those two end scoreboards where they have the, the team scores, and it's always fun, especially if you've got a lightweight like Belmont. You know, if Ike Rubel advances and, and makes the finals, there's a there's a chance that maybe Belmont squeaks into that tenth spot just for one weight, and then you you take the picture with your camera and you're like, yes, we're in tenth place. But uh, you know, maybe that's Daleville tomorrow. Could yeah. be. You know, Garrenser wrestled a really good tournament. We watched him all the way from our regional. That uh, we were impressed by his uh, his haircut and then uh, <laughs> also by his wrestling ability. And he caught a kid in a headlock again today. I mean, uh, you know, we know that Delaware County has has had some great headlock. Lockers over the day, and but uh, we, I think Garrenser is has been wrestling really well. Yeah, I think uh, those guys are going in a good direction. You know, you know that's a small program that was um, the kid a couple of years ago, their first placer. Uh, um, yeah, might have been. At, We'd at, have to look at two twenty, and you know now they're they're starting to get more. You're seeing more Daleville guys, and I know they're doing a good job. So that's what you want to see: just the diversity in the um, wrestling community. It, it's good to have the modern days and Crown Points and Chestertons. And, and you guys obviously were part of that for a long time with Belmont. You guys would bring, you know, a, a whole bunch of guys. But when you get spread it out and you have a whole bunch of teams represented and, you know, you have guys like Daleville, which is a pr- they're a pretty small school, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we had a stretch there for a while where, like, I think it was 12 years in a row we put guys under the lights. Yeah. I mean, you guys are tough, man. I, I remember uh, I didn't even know where Belmont was. The first time I went to the main event, I was like, you know, this is almost Ohio. You looked on the map. Where's Belmont, Indiana? I yeah, can't no. find Belmont, Indiana anywhere. Well, that, that's what people say about Calumet. They're like, where's that? It's like, eh, it's like a township right by Gary. So they, but it's, you know, it's always interesting how um, people react down here. And we talked about it a little bit at the end of uh, Gorilla Radio the other night. You, you see guys that come out and they're just happy to be here. And, and, you know, a lot of these teams, they have you know, a lot of guys. And they get, they, you, you can't have that. You know, you're going to have those guys make points. And you're going to see it tomorrow morning. Um, you know, that quarterfinal, you're going to see that kid's ready and that kid looks like he's nervous. And, those, you know, everyone should be nervous, but you have to have confidence in your work. And I think you've seen that last year with Logan Frazier. He was a kid that, like, had extreme confidence and he, he beat Cole Ross. And I know a lot of people were picking Cole Ross to be under the lights. Well, speaking of wrestling in our area, we've got a new sponsor, and that's Midwest Training Facility. It's a new venue for wrestling in Fort Wayne, opening this month on Goshen Road near the zoo in Fort Wayne. Homestead head coach Andy Oberlin is looking to help build the sport in the Summit City and surrounding area. Available for rental, the facility will be open to teams, individuals, and clubs for training, team nights, and clinics. With full locker rooms, 43 by 84 feet of mat space, and showers running off a tankless water heater, it's the perfect facility for wrestling in the fort. For more information, text Andy Oberlin at 470-0003. So, Dane, has your uh, phone been roll, ringing off the hook here with yeah, your I text? Think we're of, supposed to have a few uh, guests you, here in the next say, where you, 10 your minutes. Guest, we do have one more ad to read, and it's for Cross Creek. And as uh, Mr. Calver finishes up his 40th season of, uh, uh, of covering the state wrestling finals, he's going to head off to work on his golf game in Florida. 
and uh, he'll be there for a few weeks. And when he comes back in late March, early April, it'll be, oh, it's two days, he says. Well, four weeks, two days, it's all the same. Um, he'll be working on his golf game. When he comes back, it'll be time for, for golf at Cross Creek. So get a hold of Dennis if you want to schedule a, an outing. I know we have the big Belmont Wrestling, uh, Decatur Wrestling Club outing that takes place usually in July, but we've got other outings, and there's time to schedule more with Dennis, along with getting your uh, your gear, clubs, balls, tees, all those types of things, and memberships for this spring. You know, the other night, Monday, when we were, we and I were sitting there looking out the window at the golf club, and uh, there was snow about this deep, and uh, I, somebody had tweeted something out for the IHSAA, and it said, get your clubs ready. Boys High School golf starts in four weeks. <laughs> It's going to take a long time for some of that snow to melt in some of those places. They may be having uh, practice in the classroom for a while before they can get out to the course. Well, Mike, we'd like to thank you for coming on. And uh, we're going to do a commercial break. And if none of his other uh, guests show up, we're going to, just going to go around a room and see who else might want to talk to us. But with that, I'm going to start a couple of commercials here. And we'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. And with that, Dane, we're back, and timing is perfect as two coaches just happen to stroll into the interview loft, a.k.a. Dane's hotel room here in downtown Indianapolis. And uh, I'm going to hand off one of my headsets to one of these uh, coaches uh, so you can have a talk. As uh, Coach from East Noble and Coach from uh, Prairie Heights have made it into the interview loft, so what we're going to do is you put that headset on and you put this headset on, and uh, we'll go from there. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. We're joined here by Sam Reason, head coach at East Noble, and Brett Smith, head coach at Prairie Heights. Both of you had wrestlers this morning. Tell us a little bit about your day so far. We'll start with you, Sam. Uh, Yeah, we had our 106-pounder, Keegan Malott. He went out and uh, wrestled tough and lost to Evan Dickey of of Cathedral. And then in our uh, later match, uh, Aiden Sprague at 120 was able to get the win over a uh, senior out of Forest Park who... A little bit of a surprise that he made it and, uh, you know, gave us a good tough match, but uh, we were able to pull through. Yeah, a 16-1 tech fall and, and now looking at number two, Logan Frazier, in the in the morning round. Yeah, Aiden's definitely, you know, that's one we've been excited for and, you know, we're just hoping we get through that and we've wrestled Gilbert before, so, if we you know, that's who we assume we'll see in the semis, but you never know this time of year, you know. So we're definitely, um, you know, excited for the opportunity in the morning and, and, and you know, think we got a shot to be right there with him. And Brett, tell us a little bit about your day so far. Uh, yeah, we had junior Sam Levitz at 145, uh, came in as a four seed and ended up wrestling Ethan Kaiser, which was semi-state champ out of uh, 
uh, Chesterton. So uh, we end up taking a loss there in Sam's season. Unfortunately, come to an end, but uh, pretty proud of his efforts this year. And uh, always cool to see the next Levitts up, make it to the state finals, and uh, certainly look forward to, to having him back. What did you guys think of the split session as far as having seven weights and now a little bit of downtime and waiting for the evening? Yeah, we've got uh, – so my 170 just headed, headed over to the stadium. So it's uh, a little hectic, but, you know, um, it, it's made for an odd start to the day for sure, you know, because it's just you've got to get kind of re-energized for that second uh, session tonight. So but excited still. Uh, yeah, it was definitely different checking in and that whole process. Uh, but we get a little bit of downtime and, like Sam said, coming back and being a spectator in the second session. So that will be kind of a little bit more relaxed for us. And I know a lot of people were worried about what the what the format was going to be and where, the, where everybody was going to be able to sit and where you could warm up. But I think from what I saw from our, uh, our perch spot up in the, in, the, in the broadcast booth, I felt like there was a set of rules that they had it looked like some coaches made some some suggestions and some complaints, and the IHSAA reacted, thought about it, made some changes and adjusted, and, you know, really that's all you can do. I talked to Mary Freet for a little bit early in the morning, and, and she was kind of rolling her eyes saying, you know, everybody wants to complain, but, you know, it takes time to, to think through all of these scenarios that could happen and to think about every single person and what they want and what they think is best trying to merge that all together and run a tournament at the same time is is awfully difficult so i i commend uh the tournament directors for for what we've seen so far i think it's it's gone pretty smoothly yeah i think they did a, a great job in the morning uh we were talking it seemed like they're going to have us out like in a hallway and you couldn't watch the wrestling so that was a good change that they made and, and you know the process of going to the mats and stuff you know i thought it went real smooth this morning yeah, it was definitely interesting checking in, you know, pods and maybe not being able to see kids from other schools wrestle. But, you know, coming from our section, we want to see Sam's kids wrestle and Adam Central and even some Belmont guys here here and there. So, you know, it's obviously a great idea for them to maybe make some changes, as you said. Yeah, and I think it's important for, for them to remember that th- these matches are so monumental to a kid's, you know, entire career. What you did in the loser's bracket at Mishawaka in December doesn't remain in your memory 17 years from now for most people. But what you did on Friday night, people are going to talk about that for 15, 20 years. We had Coach Tante in here last night, and uh, one of his assistants was recalling every moment from his Friday night match at State, and it's something that you never forget. And it's important for your teammates to be able to, to experience that with you by watching it and being there and, and cheering for you. Yeah, for sure, you know, uh, with having two this morning, you know, they were going to be disappointed if they couldn't watch each other. And then this afternoon, uh, we've used our tickets, the comp tickets that the school got, that Aiden's going to go down and, and Keegan and going to watch Jacob. So they're uh, real excited for that and, you know, glad they get to get in and watch them. And we talked, you know, I, I saw some different discussion online about what it was going to look like for tickets for tomorrow. And I think the IHSAA just decided that they were going to attempt to have as many actual people in the seats as possible. And if that meant nobody could buy tickets until 10 o'clock, then that's what they were going to do. And, you know, I think looking back on it, if they're going to do something like this in future years, they probably could have offered teams an option that said, hey, Brett Smith, if your kid loses on Friday, will you come on Saturday? If so, here's your tickets. If not, they go back into the pool and somebody else could buy them. So that's, you know, a, a looking forward to the future. Could this spur a no more general admission at state? I don't know. 
Ticketmaster probably, I assume, charges money for for administering all of this, and it was probably a huge headache for whoever had to make all the codes and all of those types of things. But it, it is what it is, and uh, you know, I'm I'm thankful that the arena is not empty. Uh, 2,000 fans are going to be pretty loud tomorrow, Saturday night. That's what I'm hoping for, and uh, I, I'm just as excited for tomorrow's finals as I was for last year's finals. Yeah, the, that's the whole thing, you know, giving the kids something, you know, out of the, the way the years turned out with COVID and quarantines and matches being canceled and everything, you know, just trying to give the kids the best atmosphere that they can. And, you know, this morning it seemed like it was pretty sparse as far as the crowd goes, but I'm kind of looking forward to tomorrow as well, seeing, seeing a lot more fans in the stands and cheering kids on. Yeah, I think the during the matches, like the wrestling feels the same when you're out there, but then when you get into the stands, uh, it's, it's definitely a different atmosphere than what it's been in the past. But I think when the kids are out there wrestling, you know, they're just out there wrestling and didn't, didn't feel that much different really once you got onto the mat. Everything leading up to it was completely different. But it's something I didn't realize. I didn't realize that the, the field house had gone on under so much construction. Uh, were those padded seats down in the lower area? Boy, that's nice. And now uh, for Belmont fans listening who are so used to coming down that 5-6 aisle where we've sat for all 21 years that this tournament's been at, at Banker's Life, uh, you can't walk right down the aisle because there's a, there's a I don't even know what you call that, there's an exit into the floor behind it. So it has a little bit different look. So they've replaced a bunch of the seats in the lower area. And uh, there were a lot of Belmont fans still there to watch Ike, and there'll be more there to watch Duke. And I assume with Ike winning... There will be a lot of people trying to buy tickets at 10 o'clock. Uh, there'll be 2,000 lucky fans, I guess, who get in tomorrow, and the rest will have to tune in to us on WZBD uh, online or listen over the air. And then, uh, obviously, the, the finals tomorrow will be broadcast on TV for a lot of cable stations. But, you know, our cable company in Decatur, you can't get Fox Sports Indiana. So I think it's kind of hit and miss on, on what's available and what's not. So. Well, coaches, uh, thank you both for, for hey. coming on the show. Unless you got uh, any other thoughts on the, the, the team race going forward, what you see, who you think the favorite is. We talked about Chesterton, Crown Point, and Modern Day all being tied with 18, and Cathedral and Brownsburg still with some wrestlers to go. I think Chesterton had an extra placer, right? They had set, or no, was it seven this morning I saw? Or they still have a shot for seven possibly? So yeah, I'm trying to remember who they had that actually lost. I could pull it up right here. DeMarco won, Lemley won, Torres, and Kaiser. Did he win? Yeah, Kaiser. Yeah, so yeah, they went four for four, and they still have Brock Ellis, Lehman, the other DeMarco, and then obviously Evan Bates at 220. Yeah, it's a good start for them for sure. Yeah, to have seven semi-state champs is quite a tournament, and uh, I tell you what, Brett, at the – Al Smith this year would have been an exciting tournament. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been a nice one to squeeze in this year, but yeah, COVID had other plans. Yeah, so hopefully we're back there and uh, we'll bring that to you next year on our our broadcast schedule. But uh, we thank both of you for coming on, and we're going to turn it back over to Rex here, and he's going to play us our next two commercials. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul Baker Drywall.
with that, we are back. There's a short break there, and uh, Dane, you're waiting for your next couple of guests to come in here. And uh, for the most part, uh, who else you got lined up if it's... Uh, we anticipate today. I know that the big MG from EMD is supposed to be here. Well, we want to plug Madman Wrestling Academy, and we saw Landon Birch with a very dominant performance, and Ike Rubel, and uh, lots of other Madman um, products. Certainly something, if you have a young wrestler who's looking to get better and get ready for ISWA State, Tim's going to have his um, his practices set up here after the season gets over, and I know the... Decatur Wrestling Club is back to having um, club practice after taking some time off with COVID. And uh, those practices, if you're listening, are going to be moved back to the Belmont Wrestling Room and not at the middle school after this week. So we look forward to seeing all the, the little tykes in, uh, in their practices. Of course, Belmont Middle School still having their practices. But uh, if you're interested, contact Tim Myers for Madman Wrestling Academy as he gets those kids ready for next season course next season starts sunday right as soon as as soon as tomorrow ends you start thinking about next year of course for belmont it's a positive because there's no seniors to lament this kid didn't do that or we're going to lose him next year or how are we going to replace him if anything it's a good problem for belmont as they and adam central too no no seniors to replace everybody is is back and there's going to be more and more competition for for those spots we know south adams has some seniors that they lose and and we certainly are going to miss Christian Somerset, Carter Lewis, those guys as they come through. But still some really exciting wrestlers at South Adams, too, with Bullenbacher, Silas Loshi, A.J. Dahl's got another year. Uh, and, and hopefully they can get closer to a full lineup. I think, Rex, we've talked about it a couple times this year. South Adams, I think just football was great. They had a great run. It was a disappointing end. I think that that had a little bit of, uh, of an overhang over to – to wrestling season and that, that season was so long it ended with that disappointment and then to get ramped back up for wrestling it sort of seemed like like that really affected them you know they had a really good class of seniors that uh, really helped lead that football team and uh, a lot of those guys are wrestlers too and it, it went into their um <clears throat> their wrestling season but like i said it was kind of got a slow start for them and uh, adam central's had that in the past as they they usually play deep into the into the football season but uh they seem to recover pretty quick from it um, I think one of the teams out of our area that we've spoken many times about, the uh, the Jake County Patriots, was those three freshmen they brought in here today. Uh, Eric's got a real good shot with those guys to, uh, you know, he brings three freshmen in as, as freshmen and they get into the state finals. I mean, they're going to come back and they're going to score points in the next couple of years. Yeah, and don't forget that they also have Ethan Riley, who was the state qualifier last year, who didn't make it out of regional this year because the weight class was so tough. Um, you know, that, that's a real strong team that they have. And, you know, I was looking. I don't know if I have the sheet around here. Well, his weight class in his wrestling room was so tough that he had to go up the weight class to put him in a tougher weight class. Yes. As Tony Wood kind of chased him out of that weight class because that's how tough that room of theirs is. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan from our area with all of those teams being so good. And obviously, I think Bluffton is still on the rise. We haven't seen them peak yet. And I'm trying to think of who some of their seniors are. They had David Kahn and a few others, but, you know, they've got Lewis and Birch and a few others. They lost Bold They're going to lose uh, Boldemeyer and uh, Corkwell this year. But they got some guys from their middle school who are going to come in. And, you know, the more competitive the sectional and the ACAC and the NEA are, the more exciting it is all the way through the year. Nobody, yeah. nobody really enjoys that, that 
thumping of a, a you know a, a hundred point win in the conference tournament, and then a sectional where you just walk in and, and somebody wins by a hundred points. You, it would be great to see four or five teams in contention for sectional next year. You know, Norwell had uh, Isaiah Breggy that was ranked high all year and got kind of upset uh, coming in semi state, but. Uh, Johnson is in this afternoon. The Smithleys were in there, and they, they had a pretty strong team. Johnny Johnson has put some guys together in that team, and they had a bunch of underclassmen there, and Isaiah Bragi and Johnson, but they had some, some pretty decent lower weights that their younger kids are going to come back, and they're going to score points. Yeah, and even at the, the Delta sectional, you know, you've still got teams like Delta and Muncie Central and Yorktown, and then the smaller schools like Daleville and Cowan, who are all, I think, on the on the rise. I think, obviously, Yorktown – has has bottomed out from what they were four or five years ago. But they've got a new head coach who's excited about it, and I think they're only going to go up, and it's just going to raise the level. And obviously we root for all of those guys today, just like we root for the Fort Wayne semi-state guys. But, you know, I'm really excited about what next year is going to bring in, in our area. You know, Blaine Culp, he's been on our show a few times. He had a, kid, a couple of kids down here this morning that uh, did, just did not, have the best draws and uh, took took some lumps, but he's got a, a really good chance with his 220 pounder here this afternoon. And um, he's one of those guys that uh, he's going to build a program. He's going to have tough kids come in here, and he's he's going to reload every year. Yeah, yeah, we're certainly looking forward to Ian Clifford, and uh, you know, unranked winning semi-state. And if if he wins tonight, then getting that medal would be pretty cool for him. So I guess let's take a little bit of a look here at the matches that w- that we're going to call tonight as we look through 152 pounds. We focus on Alex Curry and Tyler Conley. That was 2-2 in the third period at uh, the tournament that you and I got barred from at Yorktown. And uh, it ended up 7-2. That match was up at 160. Conley hadn't cut down yet. Uh, I, you know, I think that's a match that, that Alex Curry can win. And then from there, who, who knows what happens. I think 152 is a very good weight class with guys like Hardcastle, who looked great last weekend. You've got Koontz from Perry Meridian. Jay Conway is still undefeated. That's going to be a really tough match for, for, for Nick Krause's uh, Chase Leach, who's just a freshman from Garrett. Uh, you've got Estrada from Crown Point. Crown Point you know, is right up there with the team race. And then you've got Brock Ellis, who we saw against A.J. Dahl last year on Friday night. He's ranked sixth uh, and a senior and is a semi-state champ. And then we heard uh, Joe talk about Evan Ulrich from Carroll. He's got just one loss, and he's wrestling a one-loss junior from Charlestown in that bottom of the bracket. And then on top of all that, you've got Juwan Anderson, who was your runner-up last year at 145 pounds. He's undefeated for Warren Central. So yeah. if Curry gets if Curry gets his medal, he's going to earn it. Oh yeah, and I I do think that he should be the favorite uh, in in that match. I think he's he's got a good chance to beat Conley. But after that, you know it. We've seen him last year. We saw him lose at the ACAC duels, at conference, at sectional, at regional, to Fichter, and then he comes back uh, and beats him in the semi-state. Finals and, and wins semi-state. And then comes back and beats him in the No, he, he didn't actually beat him for semi-state. Curry won semi-state, right? And then he came back and they wrestled in the consolation seven, match. Seven-eight match. And it was for seventh and eighth. So they're looking to improve on that. As we turn to 160 then, um, looking at that bracket, we've got uh, a matchup between Cathedral and Penn, number three and number eight. You know, Penn, I'm trying to think as we go back here, if I'm looking on track wrestling, Penn had... 6, 13, 26, and 45. So they had four of their wrestlers. So they got four more guys back uh, in the second round. 
and they are in 12th place with just five points. So they only got the one win out of those first four wrestlers that they had, and that was the fall over Logan Allman from the the Vargo kid. So they still have some matches to win, and they could obviously pull a pretty big upset. You heard Mike say that he thought that Cathedral coming into the day was actually the favorite if you looked at, at going by the rankings. Obviously, bonus points are really hard to predict, but that would be a, a huge change in the team race. And then you've got, in that very same um, weight, you've got Orlando Cruz from Crown Point and Jacob Sheets of Perry Meridian, two teams that are that are definitely fighting for it. Now, I'm kind of interested to see what that McConaughey kid at 160 can do, that Logan Farnell. Didn't know anything about him, but was really impressed with him last week at semi-state. He's got a pretty tough Cade Law from Columbus East in his uh, Friday night match tonight. And then we'll obviously look for Eli Johnson as he wrestles Landon Bow. Mike has them ranked 14th and 11th. That's about as even as you can get because it's pretty dicey there once you get from about 10 to 20. But um, I'm trying to remember, Bo was just a qualifier last year down at 138. He and uh, Johnson have both gained a lot in the last year or two. But we thought Johnson looked unbeatable up until last weekend at semi-state, and I still think we could see that form tonight. So with that, Dane, let's take a couple commercials here, and we will be back, and hopefully we'll get another guest come rolling in here in just a few moments. Enjoy neighborhood living in peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Get in, get out, get better. Get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers StatCare. Staffed with people you know and trust, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. And we are back from our commercial break. And, Dane, it's like... It's like magic. Your guests roll in right when the commercials are, are uh, winding down. And now uh, go ahead and introduce your next guest that's uh, wandered into your hotel room here in Indianapolis. Well, we're joined now by the head coach of the Edgewood Mustangs, Greg Ratleff. And he is a former president of the Coaches Association and the guy who you can send all your complaints to for the Team State Tournament. Be careful. Don't break in. Iggy's going to break into Mustang Sally. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's his favorite go-to karaoke <laughs> is, song. His, we, we heard that he that's his lead, but he, he, has, he has to have his backup several singer. stipulations that he has that goes with that. He needs so. to have his backup singers. to. Um, I've got Dane's uh, email memorized, if, if I can actually give you that for complaints. Actually. Yeah, but which one? <laughs> See, that's the key. You, yeah. send it to the, you send it to the wrong one, and then you don't know. Well, Coach, thank you for joining us, and obviously – uh, I, I was giving you a hard time earlier because you were down there corralling people. And, of course, you didn't quali- qualify anybody this year. 
I appreciate kind of you a, bringing that up. Kind of a heartbreaking loss. Well, I was trying to segue. I was trying to segue. Kind of a heartbreaking loss to not to not have anybody. But then you come down here and you still give your time, and I, I definitely respect that. And uh, you're, you're down there trying to tell people where to go and keep them from. from if, well, if you don't have a wrestler, that tag right there as a neck is hard to come by. It gets you. Well, in the building. that is true. <laughs> it gets you in the building. It does get you in. So we appreciate you coming on our show, and we wanted to talk a little bit about Team State for 2022. Kind of hard to believe, but uh, we're, we're going to have four classes again next year. And what else can you tell us about the details? Well, the, really the, the, the big detail, I think, for, for us was getting it on a set weekend. So we, we switched it just the way that the, uh, the schedule works. We would have been on January 1st this year. Um, and, and that's – we would have encountered this problem every six years, seven years. So really it was like we got to get it on a set weekend where that's not a problem. So next, week, next year it's going to be on January 8th. And that's that's the big start for us. Um, <laughs> we've I've I've had probably 200 emails with people about a venue and where we can keep all four classes together. And I think you guys probably know and and in your jobs and, and wrestling and whatever. But that we found ways we can do other things uh, after you know through COVID, you know. And so maybe if we have to split up for a year or two, that that might be what we do. I don't think that's the ideal situation, but. Um, split the classes up, I mean. so well, well, Dane and I were only at 1A and 2A. And for us and for the teams that we broadcast for, it was phenomenal. It was perfect for us. Now, did we get to see some of the number ones and number twos of the big class schools? No, but I'll tell you what, you can watch it on track wrestling. You can do what you want. The kids that we saw, the 1A and 2A, that was a perfect venue for it. We loved it. And if they have to stay split up, I think 1, 2, 3, 4 in different places would be just totally amenable by me if my vote's the only one that counts sure and, and as a coach the the real <laughs> the real thing we're trying to do is win a state championship and you know i caught myself at times times as a coach you know looking down the way like i wonder what's going on between modern day and warren central but in the end i was there to, to coach my team so and we were talking about it today just with the way that the the format was it was kind of nice when one match one mat finished, and you could kind of focus in on just what you were watching. That's what always seemed to happen when we had the three the three classes in one spot. Was you were trying to pay attention to what was happening over here, but really all you were doing was just a quick glance at the track wrestling scoreboard to remember what the score was and if it had changed. And in the end, there's not a whole lot of difference between sitting there watching the match that you want to watch, having it on your phone. You know, that's about all you can track. No one could possibly watch all of those matches at the same time. Well, I think logistically, if you are planning an event, it's much easier to plan an event with just 3A and just 4A. Mm -hmm. And then 1 and 2, because they're smaller schools and they're kind of they're following maybe a bit. I thought that the 1A, 2A was pretty good for us at, at the Coliseum because the Coliseum does such a great job. I mean, even when we had all the classes there, they did a great job. But under COVID, spreading them out, I, I thought it was still a very good tournament. Well, it's it, and it's hard as a as a one A or two A uh, coach when you, you your mat finishes and you're like, well, why are we why are we not wrestling? And it's like, well, we got to wait on um, Brownsburg to finish up down there. Hmm. And it's like, well, we just want to get going, you know. And so that was that was nice. I I was at the three A uh, event this year at Franklin, watching that, and it was, there was just next round, next round, next round. So it was. I mean, I thought they all ran pretty smooth from what I understood. So, yeah, Obviously, logistically, it's a little bit different because whether you want to sell uh, the package on track wrestling and you want to put it all together, you guys kind of had to link everything 
still through track wrestling, but with technology now, it seemed like it went pretty smoothly. And obviously, when you've got Pat Culp and Mary Freet and all of those ladies and everybody who's who's connected, they do a great job. Well, the help from the coaches association, from all those, I mean, all the track people, it's it's unreal because, I mean, that was that was the actual only trick from putting things out there in you know three different locations is like, do we have enough people to help? And and it we did. I mean, you know, we felt a little spread thin, but everyone everyone you know just gives their time and, and energy and to help I mean for you know for what because they love the sport so that's that's the great thing about the wrestling people is how much they give back to the sport so there are some changes in the qualification uh, procedures this year we know that we're not going to have all of the teams in place in april uh when we vote on them or march i don't remember when when that vote is going to be but we're going to hold one extra spot open for november or december next year and that is what I was just saying earlier, you know, maybe we realized through COVID we can do things a little bit differently. And, and that's one of those things where, uh, I mean, we saw, I think Columbus East had to back out last minute. Who was, who was, might've won the tournament, but, uh, we needed to look at who was the next best team available. And, and Floyd central wasn't on the radar through, you know, through the point system and everything. And really it was, it was a no brainer for Floyd when I called him, they're like, yeah, we'll make it work. You know, we, we want to be in the team state and, just hearing them say, you know, it was three days before, I think two or two days before, and they were like, yeah, we're going to find a way. Do you remember that time when you and I set out a timeline that we weren't going to add any new teams uh, seven days before, and then six days before we had a team back out, and we immediately were like, well, we got to replace them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I was like, well, we can't do th- we, we can't do this. Well, we need a team there, and, and we all, I mean, we all made it work. Yeah, and and the teams were still anxious to be there. Well, look at look at the the two A that we were in were couple of teams backed out backed out and jay county comes in jay county takes third yeah you know, like dane said jay county is right on the cusp they would probably would have been like the next next man up anyways mm-hmm. uh they decide to take it they placed third in tournament and just really wrestled really well well is there any team in the in the entire state who had three freshman state qualifiers <laughs> i mean that th- those are the that's the that's the number one uh criteria that's that's so hard to quantify when you're trying to do a point system from the previous year is incoming freshmen other than i guess transfers right you know and and you know penn might be a, a good example of that this year they were a much better team because of the guys that they had coming in but you just there was no way to get jay county that many points knowing that they had three state qualifiers coming in as freshmen well and the nature of the sport and the nature of the year really i mean it's always it's always kind of the way of the sport but you know i I think every year i'm like well if this kid would have came out for the team we'd be a different team and i think especially for some of these teams that might be eight nine ten or you know in terms of ranking and and placing if they lose one of those guys they're a different team and so and like you said when those eighth graders come up there i mean that's just totally impacts the team especially yeah. at those lower levels you know that's the difference between 1a 2a wrestling than 3 and 4a because the those usually one two three are not as deep and like i said we've talked to a couple of coaches said you know my first string goes guys are really good but you really drop off when mm-hmm. i put a guy in a jv coming in he's just not you know in the class that's going to help get me to that next level definitely and yeah i mean it's and we see it you know from some of our bigger teams it's the next guy up is is good enough to do a lot of damage for me, you know, in something like 4A. And, I, you know, I think we saw that even like at, uh, 106 this year for Brownsburg, their next kid in won the sectional, you know. But, you know, for some of us smaller schools, the next kid in, but there may not be a next kid in. Yeah. Yeah, it turns into a forfeit then. Right. So looking at the 2A leaderboard before the day started today, Belmont was in first place in the qualifications with 197 points. Wawasee was in second, tied with New Prairie 
with 178 points. And then you got four local teams after that. Garrett, Jay County, Western, and Oak Hill all round out the top seven. The top team from the uh, Evansville semi-state was Charlestown. They're at 154. And, uh, Greg, remind me, there are going to be the top ten spots are going to be automatic, correct? Mm -hmm. So that would mean that, for the most part, looking at this, unless there are some big upsets today, Belmont, Wawasee, New Prairie, Garrett, Jay County, Western, Oak Hill, Charlestown, that's eight. Peru and Tippecanoe Valley are in the top ten right now. We talked about Tippecanoe Valley. Coach Calver was pointing out to me is where Kyler Kirby is the head coach now. Is that correct? So good to see him uh, raise that program up. That's a that's a program that was kind of in obscurity uh, not too many years ago. You didn't really see too many guys make it to state from that from that area. They're kind of they've kind of been a football school in the past. I think they were football state champions in like one or one A or two A back you know thirty years ago. So then in uh, outside the top ten is Evansville Memorial, a team that was uh, you know a regular when the tournament started. And then McConaughey, and we saw the young man we were talking about just earlier that he qualified for state at 160. And then also in contention, it looks like Monroeville, I'm sorry, Monroeville, Monrovia, Leo, Hamilton Heights, and potentially West Lafayette and Kankakee Valley. So certainly an interesting 2A field, a little bit different than in years past. And uh, I'm going to pull up 1A here real quick. Well, when I, you know, what I think is great about the team state is, is, especially at these lower classes. And we talked, I mean, this was kind of a decision in the going to 12 teams for them is that some of these teams may not be represented at the individual state finals. And this is a way for them to, you know, I remember a coach emailed me like, this is, this is how we, this is how we boost up our program. Like this is what keeps us, you know, keeps us relevant is just being able to preach to our kids that team state is important and we're a good team. And you see that in contacting all of the coaches throughout the season, they care about, their seed and and how they're viewed by uh you know the committee for seeding and they want to make sure that, that they get their due justice because it does mean something to them and i think when the tournament first started a lot of people were worried that it wasn't going to mean something and i think there were a lot of people and maybe myself included when belmont didn't get invited the first year who were kind of like okay is this thing going to be legitimate or not because belmont felt that they had a legitimate claim to it that year but they had, hadn't wrestled very well at regional the year before but I think you see it now. If you talk to any of the coaches involved, you know, Rensselaer Central was a great example. Man, they were pumped to be at 1A. They were excited to fight for seventh place or fifth place at Team State. And, you know, they're willing to put that on their resume when they, you know, when they put it on their, their Twitter account or on their Facebook page. Hey, we were fifth place in 1A last year, you know, and that means something. And, you know, I talked to BJ Farrow a lot about that kind of stuff. And with, with wrestling still in one class, you talk about football, the six, the six a teams in football, there's only 32 teams in six a that get to fight for a state championship. But you know, in wrestling right now, there's 305 who have to fight for it. And whether or not you think it's legitimate is still 60, 70, 80 teams in one a or two a who are fighting for something. Most of them are, uh, and it is a big deal. And I think the longer the tournament goes on, the, lower, the more legitimate it's going to be in the minds of people. And we just got to keep promoting it. And I think, Greg, the work that you've done has certainly helped that. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to next year's tournament, whether it's all in one place or in three different sites. I think a little bit of the trick right now, and if I'm sorry, I still keep talking about you know the team state here, but for us it's January 8th being a new date. 
Um, and it's going to be a set date. You know, it's, it's, that's the way it's going to be, January 7th, the year after that, 6th, after, after that. But uh, a lot of these officials are, are locked into contracts. Uh, I'm not locked into contracts, but they've been going to the same tournament on January 5th mm-hmm. through 11th for 20 years or whatever it is. So we've been working through that. And, and, you know, kind of Chuck Barnett and I had talked, and I was like, listen, the first first year that might be, a, you know, an issue, but the second year – these officials are going to want to get to where they right. get to the team state, and that's the place they want to be at because it's that's the uh, it's the most relevant. Tournament. Rex, you can you can attest to this. When you're an official, you want to you want to officiate the big matches and the big tournaments, and you want to be there too. And I think that that is something that will work itself out. You know, but even back in the day, 25 years ago or 20 years ago, um, you book your dates and uh, you have those dates. You're three years out, so when you book a match, it's like, oh, this is a really good match, and then. Three years later, it rolls up. It's not a very good match, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is this isn't what I really thought it would be. You go and you do your match, you do your contract. Now, if you put the team state on January eighth or whatever its corresponding date is, some of those other teams that have tournaments and stuff during that time, you know, they may want to get invited. And they say, you know, this this little five way between Podunk and Podunk is not something that what we're going to stand up to. We'd rather qualify and go to team state. And if you think you're a qualifying team in team state, let's go ahead and take this little tournament out and we're going to lock it in so you may have contracts for a couple of years but those guys are in the next couple of years they're going to take that date around january 8th and say we're going to get rid of that and we're going to go for team state what i like most about the date is its proximity to the end of the season mm-hmm. and from a seating perspective this year was kind of crazy we decided that we were going to put the seeds out there uh, that we revealed on our show rex uh, before christmas and there was a lot that happened in between Christmas, and there were there were several teams who really had only wrestled once or twice. Belmont had two matches at that point, and, and Jay the, County had nineteen or twenty. Correct. <laughs> so I'm really excited about the 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 possibility of everybody wrestling their big holiday tournament, and even then, you know, this year it'll be a little bit different because January first. Uh, Saturday is going to be a January 1st, but th- there's a lot of teams who are going to wrestle that weekend before. And I just think you're going to know where teams stand and, and, and what those seeds should be a lot better than at least this year for sure. Oh yeah. And, and I, you know, I've actually had a, one of the teams had a, uh, that's been in team state, you know, frequently they contacted me like, listen, when's the date? Like we, we host a tournament on that day. We'll cancel it. Right. Like, that's important to us. And it's an important date to us. Yeah. So. And that, and that, should be a positive for everybody involved that, that teams are willing to take that stance. And uh, the other thing that I think that it also gets is we've had a couple of teams who have used the excuse that it's over the holidays as a reason to decline. And now that puts the ball back in their court. Okay, so maybe now it's not during the holidays. Now are you going to accept? And I, I really hope we get to a point uh, that we won't have teams decline in the near future and that everybody – considers it an honor to be there and considers it a good enough tournament to keep it on their schedule. Well, sure. And then using this here as an example, I mean, I think the Al Smith was, what's that set for? Usually Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, well, it, yeah, it just depends. And yeah. it was canceled this year, but it would have been, I mean, I think it would have been like Wednesday, Thursday, and then wrestle Team State on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. Which would have been rough for some of those teams. I mean, yeah. That's and a brutal three-day stretch. A lot of teams come out of that tournament licking their wounds mm-hmm. after that long two days and you walk out of there and then take that long bus ride home. You want to have a few practices before you get back on the mat. And I know I know Belmont's been in that position before, but we had, we had one year where, I mean, you know, not trying to mention, you know, certain kids, but we had a year where, where a wrestler had, uh, we went to team state and we had lost to Manzona Bryant from Culver. And then one of the Gimson boys from Jimtown. 
and I can't remember who else it was, but then we had to turn around on, you know, two days later, later and wrestle at Mooresville and that was it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. whenever, like that wasn't fun. Like, yeah. And you know, the other thing too, that happens with that date is yeah, I found that after team state, people don't want to care about the duels that you have on your schedule because you've already established yourself. Okay. I'm third best in three a, well, what happens if I, I lose the week after mm-hmm. and then it's not, you know, it doesn't have the same effect. So I think for a lot of teams after January 8th, there won't be a whole lot of duels left to, to be wrestled in the tournament or in their season between then and, and their conference tournaments or sectionals. Sure. And you, you do those dual rankings and at the end, you know, after the team state's over, it's like, what's the point of those? Yeah. You don't really want to touch those no. all that much because, no. you know, if Warren central beats Perry Meridian and they take one versus two, but then cathedral beats Warren a week later, it's like, okay, now what do we do? Right. That kind of thing. And obviously that's uh uh, something that until there would be a change with the IHSAA, that's the way it's going to be, and we can't really change that. So, Well, Coach, we uh, appreciate the work that you do down on the floor and for appearing on our, our show in person, and uh, you're certainly welcome to call in any time that you want to give uh, our listeners an update on what's happening with the with the Team State draw. And those of you who are really interested in Team State, pay attention to Indiana Matt as the results of the, the – uh, the standings for the for the qualifications will be up there, and uh, you'll know who's qualified automatically, and then there'll be a vote in this spring, and then you'll have to wait till November to see who the last team invited is. And if you want to stop by this location sometime in the middle of the night tonight, just feel right ahead. Just knock on the door. <laughs> Apparently, it's uh, open all hours. Perfect. Basically. Hey, you know, our conference this year, uh, was our individual conference was uh, split up in weight classes, you know, just like today. And so I kind of feel t- right now, just like I did at our conference later, it's like, man, I got to go back and do this again. <laughs> you know, so it was an exciting morning, and you got a lot more exciting wrestling coming this weekend. So thanks for having me on, guys. With that, I'm going to play a couple commercials. We'll be back with uh, more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. 
Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval, and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. And with that, we are back for the final segment here, and the Coach Calver has put the headset on. And if you kind of remember what it sounded like this morning, all morning long, is uh, A.J. Calver, Dane Filling, and Rex Brewer. And uh, we're back to that again, and uh, we're starting to wind it down here. Our last and final guest uh, has been stuck in traffic, so we're just going to call it a day after uh, we wrap up the uh, schedule here and uh, take care of maybe one or two more advertisements we need to read. But uh, we're getting ready to wind down the Haggard Sefner Hershey's Old High School Wrestling Weekly mid-tournament extravaganza. Something like that. Hey, tomorrow morning we've got at 8 a.m. the High School Basketball Coaches Show with Matt Conversay. We'll be on the air at 9 a.m. and we'll be on throughout the day. On Sunday then we've got the NASCAR race at Daytona, the road course. Hopefully they get that in the afternoon, not at 11 o'clock at night when Dave Nathan's <laughs> so, ready to go to sleep. So Steve Rouse doesn't have to stay oh, till yeah, midnight. Steve. Yeah, Steve. And then on Monday night, we've got the Matt Painter Show at 6.05, and then we're going to wrap up the whole season on our show at 7.05, live from the Double Eagle. So come out and join us. Uh, you going to join us, AJ? Despite sure. the weather. Sure I am. I'll be there in spirit, Rex. And He'll be there in spirit. And then on Tuesday, we've got boys basketball, Bishop Dwinger at Belmont. Wednesday, we've got Bluffton at South Adams in boys basketball. Thursday's another radio auction. Friday, we've got Belmont at Jay County in, in basketball, just basketball every night. And then on Saturday, another edition of the High School Basketball Coaches Show along with the Pacers. And then Sunday, we've got another NASCAR race as we wait for the IndyCar season to get started. The Dixie Vodka 400 at 2.30 on Sunday. How do we get them as a show sponsor, Dane? You think so? You Dixie, get them on Dixie Vodka? <laughs> mm. They could be a sponsor of the Haggard Stephan Hershey's Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly. Fuzz, got, fuzzies would be my yeah, choice. We got some uh, free, free uh, soap and sanitizer. You haven't read that advertisement yet, have you? No, we haven't yet. We didn't have our, our podcast yet, I guess. Okay, well, hey, technically before we, we are. Before we go off the air, AJ, 40 years ago, you started broadcasting the state finals. Uh, a lot of people that listen now weren't there in 1981. When, when you first did it, tell us a little bit about who was on the broadcast, what brought it about, and, and, and how that all went down. Well, Doug Biebrick was my partner on the broadcast, and Doug worked at WADM, and he was a, a disc jockey, and he might have been uh, uh, more than a disc jockey. He might have been program manager, but uh, Larry Arnold was the gentleman who was the general GM at the time, and I proposed the idea of putting wrestling on the radio. And the reason for that was I had retired from coaching the year before that, and that the following year I tried to be a fan. And I was the world's worst fan. I was obscene, and I'd yell at officials. And we, can, I'd, we can believe that. Yeah, well, just <laughs> shut up, Rex. Let me finish. And, and I discovered that I could not be a fan. I, I just wasn't good at it, and I still loved the sport, and I still wanted to be involved. So I knew I had a big mouth, and I could talk a little bit. So I talked my way into the idea of wrestling on the radio. Larry said, fine, sounds like a good idea. If you can sell it, we'll do it. Well, I came up with about eight or ten sponsors, who local community-minded folks who thought, yeah, that is a good idea. Let's, let's do it. We love our wrestling. So that's how it started. And uh, Biebrick and I came down, stayed at this dump right beside outside <laughs> Banker or Market Square, the old hotel hotel. I rented think it, by the hour, didn't it? Yeah, they rented it by the hour. We took it for the night. It had a, 
I don't know why, but it had mirrors on the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, and and it had. You didn't do any broadcast from those rooms. No, did we you? did not. Okay. It, it had strange television stations, like things we had not <laughs> seen in the country. Uh, but it was it was an interesting weekend, and uh, I'm glad that we managed to get it done. And I'm very appreciative of not only Larry Arnold, who's no longer with us, but uh, when WZBD WQTZ came into town, and. Um, the station manager and owner there continued wrestling. And then now our new, when WZBD and in Portland, our, our Rob Weaver, he continued wrestling. And uh, it's been great. The, the folks, the local community, we couldn't have done it without all of our advertisers, our sponsors, the, the people that love to see the sport of wrestling succeed. And uh, like people said, like Coach said, uh, Decatur, Indiana is the hotbed for wrestling in the state of Indiana. And, A.J., some of those sponsors that you picked up 40 years ago are still with us today. Yes, they are. They've, they've hung in there tough, and they've, they've done it, and they appreciate the hard work that the kids and the coaches put in and the quality product that they put out on the mat every year. Well, just as we're kind of winding this down, I get a text from uh, Mr. Ian Gilbert who said he's sitting on a lake ice fishing in the uh, upper peninsula of Michigan listening to Rick Brewer, A.J. Calver, and Dane Deck-Bell on uh, radio, and it's, it's, it's a great thing to have. Well, that's the good stuff. And it, the fact that we can get out and be not just in the local listening area, but on your computer or on your phones, you can listen all over the world to high school wrestling. And don't forget, people, the hard work that these kids put in. And it's not like in my day, Dane, when I wrestled, the season started maybe November the 15th, and we wrestled until February the whatever it was and then i got beat at sectional and the season ended and then we didn't start wrestling again until the next november the 15th we just there was no wrestling now it's you know 365 yeah and a great example of that we talked about it at the beginning of the tournament series you know alec mowry lost his spot to duke myers uh, loses the wrestle-offs and you know every time that i've been up at practice the last four weeks i've seen him up there just as another a member of the team. And uh, I think that says a lot about the work that these young men do and the, the work that they'll do for Teamy tra- Takedown Tree Service this summer as they continue uh, that tutelage that's that's as old as time, it seems like, for Belmont wrestlers to work with Phil Teamy's company. We'll just call that the off-season training system. Yeah, something like that. And then, uh, like we said, I think a lot of these boys that didn't get to wrestle last year at Folkstyle State and those types of tournaments will take advantage of that. And don't forget, we still have some freshmen and sophomores who are getting ready for freshman sophomore state next week. We had uh, several wrestle at the qualifiers. Um, Mr. Luganbill was there, Mr. Christner, and a few others. And uh, Keegan Martin will be there, and uh, they're certainly excited to. Mr. Mendez, Cole Mendez, wrestled at Yes, least. was also there. So, And Adam Central and Jay County and South Adams had wrestlers there, too. And, guys, we, we not to miss anything, but uh, we have been simulcasting this with uh, com. Joe was here, Mike was here, and uh, we need to mention Nick Weesjohn, who's running the board and doing the uh, fine things he does there to make this happen. And uh, it's always a great thing. And uh, Thanks, Nick. <laughs> and uh, we always uh, like to have this little thing. I thought the pre-state final show was great last year. Well, as everything else, you have to modify your schedule, and we have changed our schedule. And, you know, I guess it's uh, Dane's hotel room this year. <laughs> well, next year we hopefully will be back uh, overlooking the lobby. And we'll have access to a lot more people as guests who can come in, whether it's officials or officials with the IHSAA, Kevin Whitehead. Uh, some of those guys had 
responsibilities in between sessions. But it was really cool what Nick did last year, helping us out with the video as the crowd built its way uh, into filling the lobby at Banker's Life. That's something that we're all going to appreciate a lot more next year. Uh, the Lord willing, the creek don't rise uh, without social distancing and maybe COVID if we all get our shots and we're all pretty much COVID-free and get back to somewhat a bit of normalcy. But, you know, we, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, we live in Decatur, Indiana, where St. Mary's is, and we know that the creek will rise. <laughs> All right, that said, boys, I appreciate all you've done, Dane. You put together a great show, and uh, we've had a lot of them. I hope the folks at home appreciate it, and certainly thanks to all our advertisers who've made this possible. And I'd like to thank Dave Nathan for running aboard here during this middle session, and uh, we're going to go off the air and uh, listen for, for some song, fine song singers and bands, some news and weather update reports, and uh, we will be back on the air approximately 6.40, I think, to later on tonight, so... Stay tuned for more wrestling and for all those you that have tuned in and listened to different places around the state that are broadcasting our radio station uh, so everybody can see it since the limited ticket numbers. We do appreciate that. So with that, we're off the air and we'll sign back on about 640 tonight.